Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Now, this intro is called Rise of the King. And since men, we look at you as kings, I thought this would be so appropriate for my fantastic Fellas Friday. So, fellas, Rise of the King is dedicated to you, and I hope you guys enjoy this fantastic Fellow Friday episode. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to tell you guys that I really, really wanted to tie up today's Fantastic Friday with someone that is making a difference right now. And since this week I did meddling, Men Meddling Monday for the Texas state senators who made this ridiculous to the extreme abortion law. So You know, as I said before in that episode, and I'll say now to each his own, I don't knock people. I don't judge people if they're proactive or pro-choice. I am personally pro-choice. But I was listening to someone on um, a couple of different stations. Actually, they were talking about this bill, this act that was done a couple of years ago, but it's coming back up. And they initially called it. I mean, there's other people sponsoring it, but I found the information when they were talking about Richard Blumenthal. So Richard Blumenthal, who is a Democratic senator from the state of Connecticut, he introduced the bill years ago and it's coming back up. And especially now with the Texas abortion uh, law that has been passed. And I went on his actual um I guess this is government website because it is bloomenthal.senate.gov. So um, I went on his website. I tried to go to the sources to find stuff. And I found something where they were talking about the Women's Health Protection Act. And the Women's Health Protection Act would protect a woman's right to safe and legal abortion by stopping restrictive regulations and laws such as those in place in states including Texas and Wisconsin and it's intended to curtail reproductive health services for women. So when I saw that title, I said, wow, let me go and check that out. Let me finish reading the article and see who is sponsoring this. Now, I'm going to play a clip because he's talking regarding this uh, this act. I'm going to play a clip, but when I went to go do some research, they were saying... Um, that this was introduced on June 8th, 2021. And I just want to read what it says. It says the Women's Health Protective, excuse me, Protection Act will protect a woman's right to safe and legal abortion by stopping re- restrictive regulations and laws, as I mentioned, such as those in um, states, including Texas and Wisconsin. Now, this legislation would prohibit laws that impose burdensome requirements on access to reproductive health services, such as requiring doctors to perform tests and procedures that doctors have deemed unnecessary or preventing doctors from prescribing 
and dispensing medication as it medically, excuse me, as is, as is medically appropriate. Other examples of laws that make it more difficult for a woman to access an abortion include restrictions on medical training for future abortion providers, requirements concerning the physical layout of clinics where abortions are performed, and folk, excuse me, enforced waiting periods for patients. Now, let me just say this. I'm going to keep saying it. I am for whatever people want to do. I'm pro-choice because I feel that if it's your body, you should have a choice. But I'm not judging my friends or the listeners who are not. So I need to make that disclaimer, you know, legal. I need to make all my disclaimers so I know ain't, I'm not trying to hear nothing negative. I'm just giving the information because they're talking about it now, especially after this September 1st act that was considered legal starting September 1st in Texas. So I was looking at the sponsors. Now, in this interview, he mentioned someone else uh representative boxer now i didn't see that on this in this specific article that i was reading they said that the uh the sponsors of this bill is representative judy chu uh, a democrat in california and tammy baldwin she's a senator a democrat out of wisconsin and representative marcia fudge a democrat out of ohio and Lois Frankel, a Democrat, a representative uh, Democrat out of Florida. And in this article, they had some statements and I thought it was really interesting what they were saying. So I want to read their statements. And if you notice, every person that I named was a woman other than Senator Richard Blumenthal. And so I wanted to make him my fantastic fellow Friday because he's fighting for women's rights. But I want to read quotes from all of them on this page where they're talking about what they're fighting for. Now, Senator Blumenthal said, the protections in this measure are more necessary now than ever before in our history because an avalanche of restrictive, reprehensible state laws is drastically reduced in fundamental health care rights. And see, a lot of people don't know... um, a lot of these women health care centers do more than abortions. They do everything, but when you're shutting them all down, um, a lot of other things go with it. The women's health protection. Let me. I'm sorry. I got this. I got a little sidebar. I want to finish reading Senator Blumenthal's statement. He said the Women's Health Protection Act seeks to strip away the deceptive keyword deceptive, the deceptive pretext of safeguarding women's health when the goal of such state laws is actually to sabotage fundamental constitutional rights and increasingly they are achieving that goal. Now, this is why I wanted to make him my fantastic fellow Friday because it's not about me fighting for abortion rights in general. I'm fighting for women's rights and I am pro-choice. I'm going to say that, but I'm, I'm, I don't judge people. You do what you do. But when you're telling people rape and incest, as I said on Monday, that's a problem because that you're talking about mental health. That is definitely contributing to mental health. So that's his statement. And he goes on to say, um, a woman's rights should not change according to her zip code. <clears throat> Listen to that. Yet, that is the reality today when it comes to her right to choose. 
he said he's proud. I am proud to reintroduce because like I said, it was introduced before. Now, this is current. This is a 2021 statement. And um, very recently, what did I say the date on this is? As a matter of fact, I'm sorry. I'm going through pages. It was yesterday. Okay. I, I'm forgive me it was very recently so this is him bringing it up again and he was saying i am proud to reintroduce the women's health protection act which will put an end to the actions taken by states to deny women access to safe and legal abortions our laws should put women's health and safety first not politics that's why i'm doing this episode I couldn't have wrote this better. So I wanted to read some of the comments some of the other, the ladies that are um, sponsoring this bill were saying. Senator Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat out of Wisconsin, she's quoted as saying, in my home state of Wisconsin and in states across the country, politicians have been standing firmly between women and their doctors by enacting a record number of laws restricting their reproductive health choices in an attempt to appease the extreme wing of their party okay she putting it out there so she's talking about the republicans let's just say what she's saying but see i just mentioned it's not just about abortions she's talking about reproductive health men you don't even have a clue of reproductive health if i mean a woman's body is totally different and that's why you know a lot of places like Planned Parenthood. I mean, you have to remember something, especially in the low-income communities. A lot of low-income people don't have money to go to high OBGYNs. And, you know, there's clinics. I remember growing up, there was clinics in where I'm from and in the city in Pittsburgh. And in Homewood, I think they still have a clinic. There was clinics in the community. So, you know, reproductive health is more than abortions. And that's where everybody tries to act like it's not. So let me finish reading. Uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin's statement. I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to get my little side uh, comments in because I want you to understand why I decided to do this episode on this topic, okay? So, she goes on to say, it is past time to stand up to these radical assaults on women's rights, which is why I am proud to reintroduce the Women's Health Protection Act. Every woman, regardless of of where she lives deserves the freedom to make her own personal decisions about her health care, her family, and her body. Now, Representative Marsha Fudge, a Democrat out of Ohio, she has a comment as well. And she says women have a constitutional right to make their own decisions regarding reproductive health. See, I keep saying reproductive health. It's not just about abortions. I mean, you got to do other things under reproductive health to not get pregnant and to have safe sex. You know, all that's included in that. She goes on to say, unfortunately, legislative attacks at the state level has diminished access to essential reproductive care in some parts of the country, including my home state of Ohio. These burdensome and unlawful regulations do nothing to protect a woman's health or safety. I stand with America, excuse me, I stand with Americans who believe a woman has the right to make her own health decisions in consultation with her family and her health providers, not based on her zip code or the preference of an interfering politician. See, 
this is key because I have said when we were doing um, 2020 in the election, you know, listening to my episodes, you know, I was campaign queen, especially for Georgia and them two Senate seats. And one of the things I was saying, even during the presidential election, is that the key thing is local representatives, people who represent your city and state. And these are the things that are making some of the Republican uh, state senators successful, because if they're running predominantly in the state level, they're running the state and everybody's coming together, they're going to definitely, by all means necessary, do whatever they can to in their to in their mind their favor to get reelected. And when it comes to our body, though, guys, we are definitely not talking about politics. I mean, think about it. I always tell people stuff like this: If you were dying and God gave you a wish, or whoever you believe in religiously or spiritually, and said, "Okay, check this out. I'll let you live if you decide." It doesn't matter what party uh, I I put you in. So are you going to be so uh, gung-ho on being a Democrat or a Republican at the sake of saving your life? Or the alternative is, of course, he lets you die. I don't think that's a good analogy. I was thinking of something else, but still, think of that. You know, I don't want politics to get into everything. And it seems like some of the same people, they're so... uh, pro-choice and pro-this and, 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 excuse me, anti-choice and anti-abortion. Um, you know, they, let's just talk about it. I don't usually like to talk about specifics in politics. I talk about candidates, but I know growing up, I was very interested in different parties and what they believe. And I remember the Republican Party was the party of the family and all that. And I know that Roe v. Wade and all these other things were around then. But it seemed like now with politics, everything has nothing to do with the subject that they're fighting about. It's just about winning. You know, I, I don't care if I can benefit from this. I'm winning. You know, I have a lot of friends that are Republicans. And I remember having to tell several of them that it's so sad that you hated President Obama so much and you made him seem that he was the devil and the Affordable Care Act is just Obamacare is is, is, is evil and that's evil. And so many of them at this very moment are receiving Obamacare, a.k.a. the Affordable Care Act. And I always tease them about it because I'm like, uh, you wanted it gone. So if, if it was gone right now and there wasn't a replacement, as we know, they tried and it didn't work. What would you be doing right now medically? Hmm. Sometimes you got to always think about the word never because I heard them say they would never be on Obamacare or Affordable Care Act. And not only are they, they are dependent on it for a lot of things. So politics and, and, and health should not be put together unless you're talking about things like the virus, maybe, you know, so we can get it under control. But let me go on. I, I, you know, sometimes I digress, but I just wanted to just say, just, wee, this is going to be a tough fight. Let me go on and read the last person that was listed as a sponsor of this act. Uh, Representative uh, Lois Frankel, she's a Democrat out of Florida. Her statement is very short and simple. And she says, every woman deserves the right to make her own health care decisions, no matter what state she lives in. 
So, I mean, I agree with them. And so I went, I always like to get videos and audio of people in their own words. And uh, Senator, uh, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Blumenthal had a press conference and he was talking about it. So since he's my Fantastic Fellows Friday, I want to do two things. I want you to listen to it. Actually, three things. I want you to listen to what he's saying first. And then I'm going to uh, just give you very, very short, brief background on who he is. And then I want to read a letter that was written to him and Ted Cruz. And the subject says, support the Women's Health Protection Act of 2021. So let's listen to him in his press conference talking about, you know, the blow they got with a lot of things going on and how they want this to come back around for 2021. Uh, welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here. Very exciting day. I am uh, really pleased and honored to be joined by such great advocates and champions of women's health care who are here today. Uh, this day is really, I think, profoundly significant for that fight for women's health care. We are announcing today the introduction of the Women's Health Care Protection Act to create strong, important federal protections, clear and certain protections for essential women's health care, personal decisions, and constitutional rights. This measure is necessary because of the cascading increase across the country of measures at the state level sponsored relentlessly by anti-choice legislators who are determined to place barriers and obstacles in the way of women who want to continue to make personal decisions about their lives. These increases have been absolutely astonishing. In 2011 alone, there were about 92 restrictions on abortion rights. Since then, there have been 100 more. They range from requirements that clinics have certain layouts to regimens for medicine that are outmoded and unnecessary to counseling requirements at crisis pregnancy centers across the board. What these measures have in common are that they use health care as a false pretext employed to restrict women's health care decisions. And this bill sends a message to those anti-choice legislators that those measures are going to be invalidated. They will be barred by a federal statute relying on the federal constitution, the Commerce Clause, and the 14th Amendment. This measure is firmly rooted in the United States Supreme Court's decision that protect a woman's right to choose. It very simply enables access to health care that is vitally important to women to make real the rights they have under the Constitution, to make sure that women are not barred because of the zip code in which they live from exercising those rights. There is a very solid 
precedent for this decision in federal statutes when federal rights are threatened to protect those rights. Other measures in the past have relied on these same constitutional clauses. And so I feel very comfortable that this measure will be upheld. And I also am encouraged by the fact that there's growing support across the country and in the Senate. We're now up to 29 uh, co-sponsors, which is uh, very, very heartening. Uh, but most important are the advocates in the House of Representatives, and we're going to hear from two of them today, and the activists across the country. You are the ones who are making possible this step toward protecting rights. Citizen advocates who are standing strong and speaking out and letting us know what the practical effects of these anti-choice measures, the ploys that rely on women's health only to restrict women's health care decisions. And you're standing wrong and speaking out are what give us the essential support that we need to make this measure successful. And have no doubt this measure will be successful. It may not be today, may not be next week, but we will win this fight. And the reasons that we're going to win it are uh, people like Senator Baldwin, Senator Boxer, Representative Chu, Representative Fudge, and uh, Representative Frankel. You will hear from them. And then from Walter Dellinger, uh, one of my legal heroes uh, as, a, as an advocate, as a Supreme Court advocate, uh, and uh, also Nancy Northrup, uh, who is unexcelled as a champion and an advocate. And that was from Democratic Senator from Connecticut, Richard Blumenthal, who is the person who came up with the idea of sponsoring the Women's Health Protection Act. And out of all the sponsors, he is the only man, which is why I felt he should have been today's fantastic fellow Friday. Now, the political views and things he's voted on in the past is irrelevant to this episode because, as I always mention, I try to find people who are doing positive things for a lot of people in the world, and he is trying to do something positive for the ladies, and he kept mentioning the word advocate. And here at Ladies Trans... <laughs> I can't say it enough. Ladies promoting transparent advocacy is about being an advocate. We're going to have to start being advocates, and especially ladies for our bodies. We had Madeline Men, men Madeline Monday, so we're going to show how some men that meddle or meddling in a positive way. And we're going to tie Monday's episode into this one. I'm going to be trying to make sure that the weekly episodes are linking until I start doing live next year because I was listening to them talk about this again. And when I heard that he was the first one that came up with sponsoring this and he is the only male, I just thought it would be appropriate for this specific subject. I need to make that clear. Not for anything else he's done or voted on. I'm talking about this specific subject. I wanted to make him my Fantastic Fellows Friday. Now, one of the things that I have never done in the past is put a audio 
of someone I'm talking about at the beginning of the episode, but I just wanted you all to hear in his own voice what this is about. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about this Women's Health Protection Act. But first, I just want to tell you a little bit, just a little bit about Richard Blumenthal, who is the Democratic senator from the state of Connecticut. Senator Richard Blumenthal, as I mentioned, he is the Senator Democrat from the state of Connecticut. He is an American lawyer and politician, and as I mentioned, serving as the Senator of the United States for the state of Connecticut. And it's funny because a seat, he's he's held this seat since 2011. He's a member of the Democratic Party. He is one of the wealthiest, which I did not know. I mean, he looks very snap. What they call it? Uh, Dapper Dan when you see him. They say that he is one of the wealthiest members of the Senate with a net worth of over a hundred million dollars. Wow. And he was born in Brooklyn, New York. The funny thing is, I always try to tell people I'm a mentor and I've been one for over 30 years and I tell my teens all the time that um, don't think that you have to always start a job off at the top. You can always start at the bottom or work your way up. And just how I mentioned on Wonderful Women Wednesday, the Senate parliamentar- okay. Parliament- wait a minute. parliamentarian, <laughs> oh, I can never say that. She started off as a clerk and look at her now. And so did uh, Richard. Richard was an administrative assistant and law clerk for several Washington, D.C. figures. So I always tell my teens, you don't have to always start at the top, but, it, you know, all that matters is where you end up. So he was an administrative assistant, and now look at him. So that's all I'm going to talk about as far as who he is. And I'm going to close out this episode because I found a letter that was written it was actually written on june 15th of 2021 and it was written to the honorable richard blumenthal and ted cruz who is a ranking member okay let me go back a lot of people don't know about the senate and congress they have um committees people are assigned to committees and given positions so let me just put all that in perspective uh senator richard blumenthal is the chair and the, he's the chair of the subcommittee on the Constitution. Listen to that. The Constitution. You know, everybody throw Constitution up in political battles. He is the chair of the subcommittee on the Constitution. And the committee on the judiciary, excuse me, judiciary. He's on the judiciary committee. So Ted Cruz is a ranking member of the subcommittee on the Constitution. So the letter is addressed to Richard Blumenthal and Ted Cruz, and it's from an organization, and they have an interim president right now, and um, it's from, um, well, let me just read the letter. The letter is subject matter is support the Women's Health Protection Act of 2021. And, you know, they say on behalf of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, that's who the letter's from. Sorry about that. A coalition changed by its diverse membership of more than 220 
national organizations to promote and protect the right of all persons in the United States. We write in support of the Women's Health Protection Act of 2021, Senate Act 1975. We ask that this statement be entered into the record of the subcommittee hearing entitled Protecting Roe, Why We Need the Women's Health Protection Act scheduled, and this was scheduled for Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. This is, this letter was actually written the day before that was scheduled, the meeting was scheduled to happen. Ensuring that protection and advancement of the rights, economic security, and dignity of all persons in this country is a priority of the leadership conference. In too many places across America, people are denied the opportunity to participate equally, keyword, equally in economic and social life because of who they are or where they live. By protecting abortion access from medically unnecessary restrictions that obstruct the right of all persons to obtain safe, legal abortion services, the Women's Health Protection Act seeks to remedy and prevent the onslaught of state-level abortion bans and restrictions that cause significant and sometimes who insurmountable challenges to receiving abortion care. These challenges disproportionately impact the ability of low-income women and women of color to access health care. See, I keep telling y'all it ain't just about abortions, it's health care as well. To access health care robs individuals of bodily autonomy. Look up the word autonomy because that's a powerful thing and threatens the economic security of families and individuals, many of whom are already struggling to get by. Now, I'm just going to stop there. It's the, lo- the letter is actually three pages long, but those are the things that I think people need to be thinking about when they're fighting against acts regarding this subject, because all they're thinking of is saving a life and saving... Um, and in, in their mind, speaking on behalf of the unborn child, but production, uh, women's productive system is not just about babies. It's about other things happening to women. And a lot of these organizations that do abortions do other things. Now, I'm guessing there's, I don't know, but I'm guessing there's places that only do abortions. But I would even think those places help with some kind of mental counseling because depending on the circumstances, mentally, it has to be hard on a mother. I mean, as a mother, I'm just thinking it would be. I don't know. So, you know, I'm not going to read the whole letter, but you can go and find it. And um, it's written by Wade Henderson, who is the interim president and CEO of that organization I just read about. But I, like I said, I wanted to honor uh, the senator for even having the guts to be the only man to try to get this act passed. And after all the things that we've heard about the Texas law, you have to maybe go to the federal level, which is what he's trying to do, which would override state laws. So, you know, ladies, if you are into anything about reproductive and advocacy for it, you know, look into this, look into your state, because as you have heard over and over again, a lot of states are quietly 
And I do mean quietly getting things done. So, you know, you have to decide, do you want to be, and he mentioned this word too, so I'm kind of glad he did. Do you want to be what is called an advocate? You know, people always say, well, what is the definition of advocate? So I always look it up. And it says it's a noun. It's a person who publicly, because you can't do it undercover. See, a lot of these laws and regulations and stuff are being done undercover by state senates, you know, state senators and houses and all that. And it's being done quietly. You have to be public to be an advocate. It's a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy, you know, publicly. So I think that, you know, I'm trying to be as public as possible. You know, I have advocacy in the title of my organization, so I have to be public. I was never a social media person, but I have to put it out there. Where am I going to put it? A lot of people get their information from social media, so I'm just going to join the crowd. So, ladies, as I said, men, you know, you don't really understand the reproductive system of a woman because you're not a man. Just, I mean, you're not a woman, just like we don't know your bodies. But as you know, we bear kids, those of us who can, and we have other things going on that men will never experience. So we do need places to be able to go and especially low income uh, uh, neighborhoods. So those who are into writing their legislature uh, representatives, I think you should. And if you're not, you might want to consider it because guarantee, maybe you don't know it, but there is somebody that you know that needs clinics and reproductive uh, services and maybe even abortion. I hate to say it. And, you know, but the reality is it's there. And from what I heard back in the day, long before I was born, they was doing it in back alleys with hangers and all kind of dangerous methods because the reality is certain things will never go away. They'll just be done differently. And if it's a crime, they're going to do it privately. And unfortunately, a lot of it won't be done correctly and lives will probably be lost. So think of those things. And as I always say, if there's one thing someone got out of this, then I've done my job. Well, guys, this will end this episode, and I hope that the information that you received is inspiring, uplifting, and informative. As I always say, follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A is in Advocacy, capital L is in Ladies. And you can follow us on many of the podcast apps. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Alexa TuneIn, and of course, my hosting podcast company, Podbean. If you have any questions or subjects you want us to look into, give us a call. We're at 404-855-7723. Or you can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. And you know my favorite question is, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.